welcome back to the Six Man Pod. We're now on episode three, and I'm joined uh, by special guest Matt Lau, uh, who unfortunately is a Boston Celtics fan, but he's here today to talk some Raptors. And we're also going to be talking about uh, some young teams that we drafted up a year ago and see where they are today. Uh, so, Matt, welcome to the show. How's it going? Good, good. Thanks for having me, man. Um, you know, but I got first. I got to say, the Boston Celtics. Don't know if that's unfortunate. That's a. <laughs> well, uh, when was the last time they won a championship? Ooh, can't can't say anything about that. I guess so. All right, there we go. That's all I needed. <laughs> all right, so just to start, um, because I want to make this more of a Raptors podcast going forward, I'm just going to quickly talk about what I saw in the first two games ahead of there. So they played a third game today against the 76ers. Um, so I'm just going to briefly talk about what I saw in the first two games and how that's going to impact them tonight and what I'm pretty concerned about. Uh, for tonight's game as well as the rest of the season. And the number one thing there is the interior defense. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious since losing Marcus Saul, Serge Ibaka, that their their interior defense and run protection was going to take a drop. It was nice to see seven blocks from Chris Boucher in their last game, uh, but shot blocking doesn't necessarily mean excellent rim protection. Uh, And I think the second quarter when he subbed in, that's when Lonnie Walker on the Spurs was just getting to the remedies. Um, uh, And a lot of it was their zone defense as well. Um, But yeah, I mean, interior defense is definitely going to be a problem. Uh, And if Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons are playing tonight, then they're going to eat in the paint. Uh, So I don't know how much you saw of the first two games or what your thoughts are on the interior defense for the Raptors. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. Like, I mean, I was going through the highlights last night again. I'm um, just going through a couple of stats too. And I mean, like I, like you said, we have Chris Boucher and I know we have like obviously uh, Aaron Baines. He, but, Aaron Baines is, he, he's a big body. I think he'll match up well with Embiid on like the post-ups. Mm-hmm. But what I find with him is, especially against Steven Adams, he was, when Steven Adams had the ball at the, the high post or the three-point line, he was so close to him. Like, he, he has to give – like, Stephen Adams isn't going to shoot that ball. And if he does, great. Uh, he has to give him space so that he can make it easier for himself to be at the rim uh, on on help defense so that they can have that rim protection. And so I want to see that going forward. Uh, it might be a little bit more difficult with Embiid because Embiid will take that mid-range jumper. Um, but they're, they're – yeah, they just have to have better help defense at the rim, I think, on the penetration. Yeah, and I, I like him too. Like, I, I know obviously though, you know, he, he's not going to be able to fill the gaps of losing Serge right. and, and Gasol. And he just, I feel like he just doesn't have that same basketball like you that both those guys have, right? Not a lot of big men do, right. but he's, he's a decent player. And yeah, I don't know. Watching him tonight will be interesting, seeing how he kind of defends Embiid and defends that pick and roll. If he like comes back or if he has to come up and like, I don't know, not not giving B the three because like you said he will take that yeah so, I'm okay with the B taking the three every now and then it's, it's the mid-range I'm more worried about I mean he'll he'll knock that down um and yeah you brought up pick and roll defense that's one thing that I don't think Baines will be good at uh, I haven't seen much of it yet um but that that'll that's some concern there as well uh but the the Embiid Baines matchup is the one that I was looking most forward to just because the way Marcus Saul handled Joel Embiid in the playoffs, I want to see how Aaron Baines kind of owns up to that task, uh, whether he can or if he can just sort of slow him down and not let him go for 40, uh, then I'll, again, I guess I'll have to be okay with that. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess so. Yeah, but, I, mean, but I, I, I do like Aaron Baines. I think he was the, the free agent to go after if we since we lost both Serge Ibaka and Marcus Saul. Uh, but like you said, he's he's not the same caliber player. At least on the think, defensive end. Do you think there's anybody that we can pick up or eventually trade for it later on in the season to to kind of support, give us more support on, on the interior? I don't think there's anyone that we can pick up, trade for, possibly, but that's that depends on what the team like it seems like this year is a player development year. They're they're not making a run at the chip. And if it's a player development year, I don't know how I feel about 
the trade unless it's maybe Norman Powell uh, or Kyle Lowry because those are contracts that we can maybe get out of and get some benefit from. Uh, I don't think they trade Lowry to a bad team. I think they would only trade him to if, to a contender uh, or to his hometown Philly, which I really hope they don't do because uh, same division. But in terms of big guys out there that we could benefit from or trade for, I, mean, I don't see many. I mean, I in terms of fit, I like Miles Turner's game, but I don't think uh, Indiana would get rid of him. Like, it, it's such a rare uh, play style. It, it's like the three and D wing. They're, they're, they're so rare, which makes them so valuable. Yeah. Miles Turner, though, you never know. I mean, looking at Indiana now and how they're kind of really, I think they're leaning on uh, Sabonis, which yeah, but that's they someone play that I, I love. Yeah, they do. They do. And Turner's still the better defender. So, I mean, having him in the paint when uh, for, for defensive purposes and then Sabonis just beasting on offense. But, like, they're, that's going to keep them in the middle of the pack, and I don't know if that's where they want to be. Um, and then Oladipo's probably gone next year. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Uh, I mean, it looks like they're leading on Brogdon more than him anyways, especially with health concerns. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just curious then, some of the guys on the on the Raptors and what are your hopes for them? Let's start with uh, let's start with OG. So I have a lot of hopes for OG. <laughs> uh, I'm okay. sure all Raptor fans share that. Um, I mean, did you watch any of the preseason games? I did, yeah. Okay, so do you I mean, remember the first game against Charlotte when he played well? I think so. So it was the game where he had the fast break. He went behind the back on the mellow. Like, it was the one uh, Bleacher Report highlight that they played for the Raptors in 10 years. <laughs> oh, right, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it was only because LaMelo Ball was in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so like that game, he was when he got the ball, he was – looking to score he was making dribble moves he was attacking the defense which highlighted some of his passing capabilities that you don't really see because he just doesn't do that uh but he kind of showed that he could if he wanted to and i thought that was a great sign that he was going to take that role and be up there with fred and siakam uh, obviously larry as well but he's uh, i want to talk about the younger guys more just because that's the direction the team's heading in uh so it looked like he was going to go into that role where he can be relied on to get them a bucket, which is what the Raptors essentially need, especially in the half-court offense. Uh, I don't know if the highlights would have shown you, but the end of that Spurs game, uh, they just kept getting the ball to Siakam at the high post, and he would try to attack. The defense would collapse the same way Boston did in the playoffs in the bubble, uh, and he he couldn't score. Uh, I think he had uh, two turnovers, uh, no, no baskets in crunch time, and that's pretty much what lost them the game in that final few minutes. So that's really what the Raptors need. And that's what I hope OG kind of turned into a guy that can go get you a bucket. Uh, the same, and same with Siakam. I want him to be able to do that as well. So I, I kind of saw that from him in the first preseason game and it looked good, but then he went really quiet in the next two preseason games, as well as the first two season uh, season opener in the game against the Spurs. And that's what we saw from him last year, where he would play. You'd have a good game every now and then, and then it would he would follow it up by just not being aggressive and not really doing it, and kind of just being there on the defensive end. His defense is always good, which I have no complaints about. He's um, a big dude. Yeah, I mean he he's gonna be the. I think they, like the game against the Pelicans, they started uh, Siakam on Ingram and OG on Zion, just because of size, and I like that they can do that. Uh, even though like that's a position like if you want to go to traditional positions, Ingram's the small forward, Zion's the power forward, OG's the small forward, and Siakam's the power forward. Right. But on the defensive end, they can switch that, and so that that uh, that versatility is there. But on the offensive end, he just hasn't been aggressive. Uh, I think it was the second game. Leo Rounds was talking about OG and Obi's aggression in the game on the offensive end, where he has to kind of just put himself in a position to score. He has to demand the ball and make good cuts, which he's good at, but he just – he looks disengaged every other game out there. And it, it, it that concerns me 
Uh, I want to see the growth there and the consistent uh, aggressiveness on the offensive end. And like, yeah, he, Leo Rounds was talking about Chris Boucher coming into the game. He, they're not running plays for Chris Boucher, but he's still finding his shot, getting offensive rebounds and scoring. And that's what OG needs to do. He needs to, you know, if he gets the ball, not just pass it right away, like look to make a move. If you've been working on your ball handling in the offseason, use it in the game. Don't just work on it in practice not to use it in the game. And look for ways to create your own shot. That, that's my take on OG Ananobi. And hopefully he does that on Tobias Harris this game tonight. Yeah, that was a great take. Um, yeah, I agree. And I think with someone like him who I feel like he's so used to playing off the ball and, and just being getting his shots from cuts or from open open threes. Um, yeah, I would really like to see him, like you said, just take on more of a more of a role where he's able to create his own offense because I think he can do it. And like you said, when he does play well and when, when he did play well in those in that first preseason game, like he can he can do it. Yeah, you know, and he showed flashes of it last year too, where he was taking pull up threes in some games and knocking them down. It's just can he do it consistently, and can he? Not even can he make it consistently, but can he take them consistently first? And if it's a player development year, this is the year to make those mistakes where you shoot 0 for 6 from 3. Yeah. Uh, like Siakam is not shy on shooting 0 for 6 from 3, but OG might be. All right. Another guy I wanted to ask you about is, uh, is obviously our, our, our main man now, Freddie, and signing that, that huge deal for him, which I'm, I'm super happy about. What are, your, what are your thoughts on that one? On the deal or on him or both, I guess? I guess what it means for the Raptors that he signed a deal for us like that. I think what it means for the Raptors is, uh, one, because it's Kyle Lowry's contract year, they are handing the keys to Freddie. And uh, right, rightfully so. He, he's earned that. He, he is a starting point guard on, or two guard, however, like however the lineups are, on 90% of the teams in the league. Uh, maybe 85%. There's only 30 teams. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, he, he's definitely earned that that role. And I think from the first two games, at least, it last year, Kyle Lowry did a great job of controlling the Raptors' pace, being the one – or not even just the Raptors, like the pace of the game. And it looks like this year that is falling on Freddie and Siakam, at least for the first two games. And I don't know if that's just a short offseason, so Kyle Lowry's still getting back into it or if it's them actually handing the keys over to the young guys. And that's something that he needs to learn more from Kyle Lowry in terms of like what they've started, both they, they had the lead uh, at the start of both games and they're controlling the pace. Great. They got off to a great start. And then once it starts to get a little bit out of control, the leader of the team who now should be Fred needs to say, okay, guys, we're going to slow it down a little bit. We're not going to go one-on-four on fast breaks every single rebound we get. <clears throat> we're going to slow it down, and we're going to get the pace back in our favor, get in rhythm. And, and that's what I think he needs to do a better job of this year. That's what I want to see. And then on top of that, his finishing at the He's a good ball handler. He's a good shooter. He's a great shooter. He's a great um, shooter. He, he, he's got to work on his pull-up three and transition a little bit. He, he likes to take him, which because I, I love that shot. Whenever I play, that's my favorite shot to take. And he's good at them. Kyle Lowry's good at them. Uh, but some of his are a little bit questionable. But, I mean, if you make two or three, then I'm okay with you taking any shot you want. Uh, but his finishing at the rim, he because he's a good ball handler and he's small, he, he's able to get to the rim pretty easily. But his finishing needs to improve, uh, especially if Kyle Lowry's gone. Because Kyle Lowry's probably – Lowry and Siakam are probably our best finishers. Uh, Siakam's – percentage though at the rim has gone down uh, and a lot of that's being the number one option but also a lot of that is teams know what you're doing now and he doesn't have a second or third move that he can rely on yet um, so if Freddie can be better at finishing at the rim and take pressure off those guys make up for what they're gonna miss with how Larry leaves uh, that should help the Raptors yeah good take on that one um, yeah I, I, I love him man and I think, you know, I, I've talked to you before where a couple of years ago when, when we first got him, I didn't like him at all, Freddie. Like, I, I don't know his, yeah, something about his his demeanor. I think I just took it the wrong way. But now the more I see it and obviously what he did for us, you know, on our championship run and seeing that that calm, 
confident demeanor that he had, which is something that we needed, right? Yeah, and so you're never going to be an NBA scout based on that take. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I watched a bit of him in college at Wichita State. And I mean, I don't watch him specifically, but I remember watching their team in March Madness. And they, they're like, a, they're a team that plays really aggressive on the defense, bad and like full court press. Uh, so I love watching teams that play like that, especially in college. Uh, so when I saw him sign to the Raptors, like I automatically liked him just because of that. And from what I saw there, uh, and then you talked about his cool, calm demeanor. Uh, that's something that we already see in Malachi Flynn, the rookie. Uh, so I'm hoping that he can kind of be a role model and a leader or mentor for him there as well. Because uh, the, there, I mean, Fred Van Fleet was the comparison, NBA comparison for Malachi Flynn when we drafted him. Um, so it, it'll be nice to see that relationship and that growth there who kind of the way that we saw it with Lowry and Fred yeah speaking of Malachi Flynn so I mean I, I'm ex- I'm really excited for him and to see what he can do for us I, I guess I did a bit of research on him just looking I know mm-hmm. we drafted him 29th in the first round he's 22 so he's a little older he's not your your average rookie who's coming out of first year college um, I didn't watch him really at all in college. I know he played for San Diego State and Washington State. Um, but watching him play in, in the preseason, at least, you know, like you said, he's just like Freddie. Like he has that calm, confident demeanor. Um, you know, he can sh- really shoot the hell out of that three ball. I'm not sure about his defense. I, he, I know he's, he's a little undersized because he's, he's six feet. But then again, so is Van Fleet and, and Lowry. And those guys are dogs. So. Yeah, what, what do you, what's your take on him, and what do you think he's going to do for us? Yeah, so I, I got a few things on that. I'll start with the defense. He, Yeah, again, he's like Freddie where he's undersized, but he, at least in the preseason games, and it, it's a lot of it's probably due to the Raptors' defensive system, but he kind of took that dog role where he's being a pest on ball. Uh, he was able to get a couple steals. One of them I remember was on Lamelo Ball and it ended up in a transition bucket. Uh, now, whether he can do that in the NBA at non-regular, non-preseason games, I don't know yet uh, because of his size, but he his lateral quickness is there. Like, he he's able to stay with guys on ball. Uh, and I didn't – I don't remember at least seeing anyone shoot over him just because of his size. But, I mean, you saw when the Raptors played, the I guess, the Warriors, uh, anytime Fred would get a switch onto Durant, Durant would just shoot over that that that'll definitely happen. Good teams will find that matchup when he's on the court. Um, in terms of his offense, he's so in the preseason. Yeah, he shot the hell out of that three ball, and he was great. The thing is, I found that teams were just leaving him open, so he was knocking down pretty easy threes. Uh, now to do that consistently is still impressive and nice to see, but I want to see how he does. Uh, getting open if teams are going to face guard him. And if, because if he's knocking down those open threes, teams are going to start to face guard him. So I want to see his movement without the ball. And then also his relocation, where I think you should watch a lot of Steph Curry because Steph Curry is the best at doing this, where he gives up the ball and then relocates to an open spot and has an open shot. Because if he can do both those things and still shoot the ball well, then that's where he's going to be effective in the game. And that's something Matt Thomas is doing really well right now for the Raptors. So hopefully he's kind of seeing that and learning from that and how to do that. Uh, I didn't see much penetration. He was more just taking open threes and spot up threes. Yeah, I think he just had one move where he drove to the basket and then uh, did like a little hesitation pullback on Cody Zeller and got an easy bucket there. Uh, which is nice to see against a starting center in the NBA, no matter how shitty he is. <laughs> You're uh, talking shit about Cody Zeller? Yeah, I mean, who hasn't? <laughs> if you haven't talked shit about Cody Zeller, it's because you don't know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> which is even worse. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I think Malachi Flynn's a good draft pick, at least at the 29th pick for the Raptors. Um, I'm not that surprised that he hasn't gotten NBA, any NBA minutes yet other than garbage time. Because I, it's tough for Nick Nurse to just throw him in there when the pace of the game has changed so so drastically. And to kind of just say, okay, 
like go go out there and play. Because if he does that and Flynn has a shit game, that that's gonna hurt his development and his growth. But again, that's also the way that he's gonna learn. So I think eventually we will see him being put in there. Uh, but I'm not surprised it didn't happen in the first two games. Um, and then in the garbage time that I saw him play, all I can remember is I think someone set a screen for him and he took a pull up three and missed it. Uh, and it looked kind of like, all right, this is my time in the game. I'm going to um, look to score and see what I can do, which is what that garbage talk is for. And the moment he had open space on a three, he took it and he just missed it. Um, but I like that confidence. I like that mentality. So, I mean, I think he's a, his play style and his attitude fits perfectly with the, the Raptors culture and the direction that they're heading. Nicely said. And yeah, like, like you said, it's, I think it's hard, it's hard to put him in and, and there has to be some sort of balance for, for Nick Nurse and trying to fit him into that offense. But if, if this year is the player development year, then I think it's even more important to have guys like Malachi Flynn get that playing time when it's needed. I mean, I, I hope he gets playing time tonight against Philly. That would be fun to watch. Yeah, but. Philly's another tough one, though, because, I mean, looking back at our playoff series with them, they – smothered uh Fred Van Vliet like having that short uh the two guards in the lineup against Ben Simmons and uh I guess Jimmy Butler at the time their big lineup though did it was really tough for our guards to get going and so I don't I don't know if today's the night that we see Malachi Flynn but if it's a blowout maybe we do and hopefully he he takes advantage of that garbage time and he can steal some minutes from Terrence Davis. What do you want to see going in tonight against Philly? Like, what do you think we have to do to, to get that win? Interior defense. Uh, like I said at the start of the show, I, we need Aaron Baines to be able to hold the paint when Embiid's in uh, and not let him go for 40. Uh, there, I think there is a chance Embiid doesn't play. He didn't play last game, uh, but on the injury report, he wasn't listed. So it might have just been a one-game thing. But I, I hope he does play because I want to see how they match up against Embiid. And then, so shoot, they're shooting. They've been taking a lot of threes, and I'm okay with that if they're hitting them. They went into lulls where they, especially against the Pelicans, where I think they were like 0 for 10 at one point in the third quarter from three. And shit, shit like that's going to happen. You're going to get into shooting lulls. I mean, 0 for 10 is a bit of an exaggeration, but it does happen. And I don't want to see them stop taking threes at that point i want to see that's the point where we really miss Kawhi leonard and that's where we need to see siakam or og or fred take that leadership shot creation role and just go get a bucket say all right we're in an offensive slump right now get me the ball i'm going to get to my spot i'm going to score we're going to get the rhythm back in our favor uh so those are the two things i want to see tonight the interior defense and those guys just being able to do that when the offense goes into a bit of a slump. I don't want to see Kyle Lowry doing it because that has no implication on the future of the team. That's why I want to see those young guys doing it. If we were making a run at the championship, then I want to see Kyle Lowry do it. Because that just gives you a reassurance that he can still get to the rim, do his little turnaround jumper uh, six feet out. And like, I'm, I'm happy with those but I want to see the younger guys be able to do it. Yeah, that's a good point. Who's guarding Simmons, though? Who would you have on Simmons? I was just thinking about that. I'm thinking OG. I think you go Baines on Embiid, OG on Simmons, uh, Siakam on Harris, and then who they have? They start Seth Curry and Danny Green, right? Yeah. So then you got Fred on Curry, Kyle on Danny Green. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'd rather Fred chasing Curry than Green. I'd much rather leave Green open. He's a yeah. quote-unquote 3 and D guy, but as you know. <laughs> he still spaces the floor. You know, he's not he does. Him. He does. Yeah, I mean, he's a great locker room guy, too. Yeah, I guess we kind of miss him a little bit. I miss him. I mean, Maybe not the shots, though. We're pretty sh shallow on three-point shooting right now. Um. I mean, who do we have? We have Kyle Lowry, Matt Thomas, Fred. OG's been off to start. Norm's been off to start. But that's really it. I don't want to call Siakam a three-point shooter yet. 
Aaron Baines, he should be able to get there this year. I don't know if you've seen him take the three yet, but his form <laughs> looks terrible. But his one leg goes up. Yeah, he's, you know he, he, he kind of shoots like that. You can tell he's Australian because he looks like he's shot putting it into the net. Yeah. <laughs> it goes in though. You know what? It goes in. I've seen him. Yeah, no, I've he, seen him make open threes and he's got a good percentage. Uh, yeah, just, I can never tell if he's rushing it or not just because of his form though. Yeah, <laughs> usually if I see a player shoot, I can be like, oh, it looks like he rushed it. It's gonna be long. But with him, it's like, that, that's how he actually shoots. I don't know. Yeah. Speaking of form, Chris Boucher's shot has got me Oof. just like, I don't, I mean, like like I said, also, he can hit, he can knock down the open jumper. So I don't know how much I can complain. But when I see him shoot, I, I'm just thinking in my head, like, how is that going in? Yeah, he's got one of the worst forms too. But <laughs> shot the ball well last game. Yeah. Uh, I hope he continues to do so. I mean, he's going to get minutes just because we're so shallow at the, center power forward position um and i i think he needs to take that serge Ibaka role that or the role that Ibaka had where he's just an energy guy on both ends of the floor mm-hmm. uh so crashing the glass getting big dunks to get the crowd going uh <laughs> the i guess the fake crowd um but yeah all right I've got a got another question for you. I guess you kind of answered it when I asked you about Philly, but I want to know what your thoughts on kind of moving into the future for the season and what you what you what you hope to see from the Raptors and where you think we'll be. Yeah, so I mean, the two things I highlighted was the interior defense and the getting the bucket. I guess I'll call it uh, against Philly. And the reason why I said those is because that's what I want to see from them for the rest of the year. Those are the two. Those two things plus turnovers were the biggest problems in the first two games. Turnovers I can attribute to a short offseason teams playing sloppy. Um, and if they actually are giving the keys to Fred and Siakam to kind of control the pace and run the team, they're bound to make mistakes and have those turnovers, whether it's uh, rather than Larry being that guy again. Uh, so I'm okay with that. Uh, but those two things, so the interior defense and getting a bucket are what I want to see this year. So, and then actually going back to what we talked about earlier as well, the player development, because this is not going to be a championship run year, especially if Brooklyn's healthy. Uh, hopefully Spencer Dinwiddie can come back uh, early next year or towards the end of the season. I didn't see how severe his ACL tear was, uh, but that's, that's a bad loss for them. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so if this is going to be a player development year, I want to see OG improve his shot creating, Fred improve his finishing, Siakam improve his efficiency. Uh, his his passing has been better uh, in the first two games, which I, I like to see. And then yeah, I also want to see OG be a better passer. Uh, Matt Thomas, I think, can take that role as the sixth or seventh man on the team. Uh, he's an excellent shooter and then he's also good at doing other things i mean he had a no look pass the other game uh that was i didn't think he could do that so him just being able to do that put the ball on the floor and um hit that little runner that he does uh every time he dribbles uh and then just keep trying on defense man thomas just keep trying (laughs) i mean if, if there's one guy to compare him, and it's not just because they're both white, is J.J. Redick, obviously. Yep. Right? And if you look at J.J., he's someone who's obviously undersized and isn't great at all by any means on defense. But he tries, and, and oftentimes it's good enough where if you have enough guys that can't play defense, you can kind of hide them. So, you know, we might be able to hide Matt Thomas a little bit. But if he's putting in that effort and he's at least able to keep up with whoever he's guarding, I think. I think we'll be good with him and he'll, he'll be able to have a big role for us. Um, I, I haven't seen him personally. I just haven't seen him do much um, other than get to his spots. And, and, and he's obviously great off the ball as a, as a type of shooter he is. I, I, I mean, I expect big things from him because I, I love someone like JJ Redick. So I, I hope that Matt Thomas can be someone like that for us. Yeah, that's an excellent comparison. I mean, I love JJ Redick too, and he's a Raptor killer. So it's nice to have one of those on our team if Matt Thomas can kind of uh, transition into that role and grow in that direction. 
Uh, and and I think you see it a lot more this year too uh, compared to last year. Just the way he's moving to get his shot is a lot more J2 Redick like than it was last year. Uh, so that that's excellent to see. All right, so I think that's enough uh, Raptors talk. We're going to move into the next segment, uh, our under-23 teams. So what we did was we did this last year, so the 2019 season, uh, and we only looked at players in the league, so no undrafted or no college guys that will be in the league within three years. Um, so guys that are in the league, they had to be under-23 at the time, uh, and then – no obviously good players. Uh, so the way we judged that was an 80 rating in NBA 2K. Uh, so the left out guys like Zion, Luca, Trey Young, and some other guys. So let me go. Should we just kind of list our teams and then talk about why my team's better? Oof. Yeah, let's do that. Let's talk about... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely change my starting lineup based on what I've seen. Um, but yeah, so, I had, so I'm not going to go through my starting line. I'm just going to list the players. I've got Kobe White from the Bulls, Josh Okogie, Matisse Thibel, Grant Williams, Thomas Bryant, PJ Washington, DeJounte Murray, Lonzo Ball, Michael Porter Jr., OG Ananobi, Jalen Brunson, Zach Collins, and then my two injury reserves, uh, Hachimura and Zubac. All right, and you can go through your team. All right, so I've got Jordan Poole, Matisse Seibel, Cam Reddish, Riri Hachimura. I've got Zach Collins, Michael Porter Jr., Andre Shamit, um, DeJounte Murray, OG, Zubach, Akogi, uh, Culver, and my two injury reserves are uh, Garland and Jackson Hayes. So as you can see, like a lot of – we had a lot of uh, – repeats we had a lot of the same guys they're not all the same but um i think we saw just the skills yeah, so of a lot of the young guys our similarities were zach collins og porter jr Dejounte murray josh okogi that's it am i missing someone oh thibel you say og you said OG. yeah yeah i said og yeah. yeah so those are similarities and i mean i think all those guys i would still have on my team if i were to do this again um, and I don't think I said it earlier, but the goal that we were trying to achieve here was build the best team you can of under 23 guys if they had to start playing three years from when we did this or three seasons. So it gives guys that we see potential in uh, that might not have a role where they can get minutes. Uh, so I think Matisse Thibel is a good example there where he wasn't getting a lot of minutes last year, but because of his defense and his play style, I think three years from now, he might be someone that is better than a lot of the guys that are better than him right now. So let's talk about the guys that we have different. So at point guard, I had Kobe White. You had Jordan Poole. I think Kobe I mean, Kobe White's not great, but I think he's better than Jordan Poole. <laughs> I can't, I can't, uh, I can't disagree with that. I think so too. I'm not sure what I was thinking when I, when I picked Jordan Poole. I think just being a, a Golden State fan, which I know some of the the listeners will probably also hate me for that too, alongside being a Boston fan. But I picked Jordan Poole. He was getting minutes, obviously, at the time with um, last season with Clay and Steph out. Um, I liked what I saw. He's at this point, I mean, I'm not really too sure. I think he still needs a lot of time to develop. He has potential, but um, yeah, not sure what I'm seeing from him right now. Probably give it a couple of years and then see, and see it. Well, at least for this season, see where he goes. Yeah, I, I was just looking at the list that we made of people that we can pull from. Uh, there's definitely some guys on there that we neither of us have that I would throw in. Um, we'll talk about that after we go through all the differences. Um, like, I, there, there are guys on there that I would take out uh, Kobe White for. Uh, and then, I like, I had Kobe White in my starting lineup. I would probably put DeJounte Murray or Lonzo Ball ahead of him at point guard. Uh, maybe Jalen Brunson, I don't know. Uh, I haven't seen him as a starter, so I don't know how he'd be in that role. But, uh, I mean, and then you had Darius Garland on your injury reserve. I don't know if we should call it injury reserve or just guys that we might want to swap in. Yeah. Um, like, Because I'm sure you'd throw Garland over Poole right now. Oh, He's yeah. off to a great start. 100%. <clears throat> and you love the Cavs for some reason. <laughs> hey, the Cavs, are, the Cavs are great. Teams. 
The Cavs, the Cavs are more interesting to watch than I than you think. They're one of those teams where obviously it's the Cavs, small market. No, well, I don't really doubt that. I mean, no, they're fun to watch. Seeing Sexton and Garland play is probably exciting. I just haven't watched it because of the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> um, all right, you also had Cam Reddish, and I had Grant Williams. Uh, I think Cam Reddish has kind of shown more, at least this year, uh, and the, towards the end of last year than Grant Williams has. You want to talk about Cam Reddish a little bit? Yeah, I mean, first of all, you weren't too hot on him uh, when we talked. No, about I like I like DeAndre time. Hunter uh, more than him, uh, but it looks like Cam Reddish is kind of stealing that from him. And I think he's just getting he's just getting a bigger role this year, right? Like he's playing alongside with with Trey Young and just even watching. Well, not just Atlanta Trey games. Young. I mean, they added a lot of vets: uh, Gallinari, oh, yeah. Bogdanovich, and Rondo. So yeah. I think that's going to help his growth a lot as well, especially Rondo. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I like what I see. Like he, he's one of those guys where obviously he came in already being able to shoot the three ball. Um, I think what was questioned, people questioned like just his, his like drive and like his passion for the game and like his, his like work ethic. But I mean, from what I'm seeing, like he, he's doing stuff that I was hoping to see, which he's able to create offense for himself. Um, It's still early and it's not like he's dominant at that, but I'm seeing like he's doing it. You know, like he is creating offense for himself. He's obviously able to to play off the ball and catch and shoot. Um, he's, I think, he's a decent defender. Uh, he's long, obviously, he's athletic. Um, I, I just want to see. I don't know. There's some guys where when you watch them play, um, they're good and they're skilled, but you can kind of see that the drive is. I don't know what you call it, but it just it's like it's almost lacking. You know, like it looks like they're not putting in 100% effort, which. That's something that I, I see in him. So hopefully that changes. Yeah, uh, I'll just talk a little bit about Grant Williams. I don't have much to say. I mean, I picked him because I liked him in college and I thought Boston was a good fit for him. Uh, I mean, in college, he looked like a Draymond Green that could actually score. And and by score, I mean more than just spot up and scoring at the rim. It looks like he could create his own shot. And I, I think right now he just hasn't really gotten the minutes and part of that's because he's on a good team uh, compared to Cam Reddish who, you know, they have more freedom to kind of play their young guys and let them grow. Uh, so I still think within three years, Grant Williams could earn the spot on this team. I mean, I haven't seen anything I don't like from him. One thing that does stand out, I think last year when they played the Raptors, I remember, I think it was the first game he gave a block of trouble in crunch time uh, and they ended up winning that game was because part of it was because of his play. Uh, so that was nice to see. Um, all right, the other are our center positions different. You had Zach Collins, I had Thomas Bryant. I did have Zach Collins on my team, um, but you did not have Thomas Bryant. So I mean, it's pretty shitty that he was hurt last year, so you didn't get to see much. Uh, but we did see some growth, uh, especially with the shooting, uh, when he was healthy and a bit this year. Um, so I mean, I still think out of the centers that are in the league. I don't think Wendell Carter Jr. was an option for us. No, I, I think he was rated. If I yeah, he might have been. He was rated higher than like an 80. Yeah, like out of young centers, I, there isn't that much. I mean, you had Jackson Hayes. Zubach was getting minutes at the time, so we both had him. And then Zach Collins, another guy that was hurt, that was good. Um, so it, it, both those centers showed that they could be good, and they were just unfortunately hurt. Talk, talk to me about Thomas Bryant this year. What, what you've seen from him so far? I, I haven't watched much of the Wizards yet, but from what I know about his game, is he should be able to stretch the floor for them, and that's that's going to be very valuable with Russell Westbrook on your team. Uh, so I'm just, I'm hoping to see consistent shooting from him, and I, I don't know much about his defense, uh, but hopefully he can be a good interior defender for them because their defense was terrible last year. Yeah. He's good, man. Just from, I watched a couple highlights and a couple Washington games. Like he, from what I remember, like you said, you know, his shooting, he has shooting potential and um, down low too. Like he's, he was just a beast. Like he was just going through guys. So I, I think I would, right at this point, I'm not even sure if I'd, if I'd take Collins over Bryant just from, 
obviously it's it's early right small sample size yeah you, you got to see them both play healthy yeah. with a good sample size first all right the next i had pj washington you didn't pj washington i th- i mean charlotte's just such a weird team like Devonte Graham took a huge jump last year. Terry Rozier dropped forty-two in the season opener. Yeah. Lamelo Ball goes scoreless one game and then 15, 13, 15 points the next game. Like it's it's hard to gauge, but I do like PJ Washington's game. Uh, and out of out of all the the wing guys or the forwards that were on our list, he's just better than most of those guys. Like I'm looking at my team now. He's probably one of my better forwards, aside from maybe OG or Porter Jr. Yeah, I mean, would you, would you put him on your team if you had to redo it? Yeah, I would. I would. Watching that that season opener, season opener, and he, he just like you said, and he can score the ball. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that's one of the biggest things I saw from him. Like he can, um, you know, take people off the dribble, and he can score the ball, create his own shot. Um, and he's and he's and he's big too, right? So and he and he's like I feel like I'm not sure about too much about his defense, but he he's versatile just because of his his size. Like I see I can see him playing three and four, maybe even a five on like a small small yeah. ball lineup. Yeah, they played him at the five uh, in the preseason games against the Raptors. Yeah, I can't remember if they went to it first or if they put OG or if the Raptors put OG at center first and they kind of just matched it, but. I, I think their coach said that, that they were going to play him at the five a lot this year anyways, but even before that. Um, so that's, that's nice. Some nice versatility there for him. Um, any thoughts on Landry Shamit? No, not too much. I mean, I feel like just from last year, right. We, we saw, and even on, on Philly, we saw what he can do. Like he's, he's a straight shooter. Um, and his role this year, because you know, being on Brooklyn, playing alongside KD and Kyrie, um, and now that Dinwiddie's hurt, maybe he'll have more minutes just just because they need to fill that spot more. Um, from him, yeah, I, I wonder who they're gonna start because I don't think yeah. it's gonna be Levert. Like Nash wants to keep Levert on the bench, so that'll, that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, and if they, I don't think they can do. They're not starting Shaman, right? And like they wouldn't put him in Kyrie because I feel like that's just. As a defensive, uh, I, yeah, yeah I <laughs> but I don't know from him. I think I want to see more. I guess like defensive effort from him. <laughs> I don't he's, think he will. <laughs> he's a small guy, obviously, and yeah, I don't know. I think with him, I'll just have to watch him more and see how he progresses throughout the season and yeah, show I, us that he's more than a shooter. I think he's just going to be a spark guy that can give you some shooting off the bench yeah. at most, uh, which isn't bad to have on your team. I mean, if I'm looking at your team now, you don't have that many shooters. So, I mean, you might want to keep them on there. Oh um, yeah, I will. I, and I'll keep him for, for that exact role, having him come off the bench and just be a spark plug. Yeah. Uh, all right. So my next guy is Lonzo Ball, who probably the best passer out of all these guys, or definitely the best passer out of all these guys. And his shooting because, I mean, it's only two games, or I guess they've played three games now. Uh, but his shooting's better this year already. And hopefully he can be consistent with that. And his length on the defensive end is a huge bonus. So, I mean, I would definitely keep him. I'd probably move him into the starting lineup. Or I'd, I would definitely move him into the starting lineup for my team over uh, Kobe White. Uh, and, I, man, the Pelicans are they're going to be good this year. Yeah, I can't remember why I didn't take him. <laughs> I feel like I definitely should have t- should have taken Lonzo uh, <laughs> Ball. But well, there yeah, there was one guy I, I saw him. on the list that I would definitely take um, that we neither of us have. So don't feel too bad. Should we? Oh, before we get into that, there's one more guy I want to talk about. Yep. Um, talk to me about Michael Porter Jr. and what you see from him. I see a tremendous upside on one side of the floor, and it's not <laughs> his defense. <laughs> he he did say I think that he wants to get better on the defensive end. Uh, but I mean, it's one thing to say; it's one thing to actually do it. And I, I don't know. I'm lo- I'm looking forward to watching him this year. I think we were talking earlier, and you you mentioned that Denver's defense is going to be a huge problem this year. Uh, oh yeah. And, and I mean, it was it wasn't good last year either. But 
it looks like it got worse this year. So relying on Jokic and Murray to just carry the offense in a seven-game series is tiresome, especially if they go to seven games every single series they have. I think both series, the two series last two years ago was seven-game series, and then two of the three last year were seven-game series. So that's definitely not what you want with Nikola Jokic as your best player. <laughs> yeah, they're, I mean, obviously being the bubble and like having less um, travel time in between games and travel too, but they were exhausted. Like Murray and, and, and Jokic were, you can, I feel like you can just kind of tell. And like Jokic lost a lot of weight too. I don't know if you see him. Yeah. Now he looks like he looks thinner and he was already thinner last year from two years ago. But yeah, like you said, with, with MPJ, just, He's so good on the on the offensive end, and he can shoot over guys, and that's what he's been like doing, just kind of catch and shoot. Like he's hitting tough shots. Yeah, and, and that's what he has to get. Like he is doing this, so I'm not saying that he has to do this because he isn't, but he has to get better at taking difficult shots and making them, uh, which he is doing, and he's definitely the best shooter on our list. Uh, so yeah, I, I I'm happy I took him on my team, and I would probably move him into the starting lineup over Thibel or maybe over Grant Williams because I would put OG at the three actually I mean, I'd have both of them in my forward spots I think and then Lonzo Ball at point guard then I'd probably keep Okogi in there at shooting guard and uh, Thomas Bryant at center and I guess PJ Washington would be my sixth man uh, how would how would you change your lineup <laughs> I'm looking at my lineup right now and I'm feeling like I'm feeling like you have a bit of a, a bit of a lead on, on me having a couple of guys I wish I had now. <laughs> so I would definitely take pool out. Um, I'm going to definitely start uh, probably, probably Murray for him. If not, you, know, you could Garland. throw in Darius Garland if you want. Yeah. Yeah. Probably either Garland or, or Murray. I like Murray too. He's, he's solid. Um, think yeah Would you, I you think, keep cam reddish in there probably move on to the two yeah because i don't know if i keep both uh thibault and reddish on well i think you gotta go og over thibault anyways yeah i i will i will keep uh Hachimura on though at the four i okay. i like what i'm seeing from him too like he's solid he can shoot he's when i watched him play he's looking like someone who he's just so like mechanical Right, like his movements mm-hmm. are awkward and like just very, almost like robotic. Like he's just not smooth, right? But the more I'm watching him now and in the preseason, he, he's just he's able to develop more of his own shot. Like he he can shoot the three. Um, I think he's a he's a decent defender. He's a strong guy. So I like what I'm seeing from him, and I want to like I'm I'm excited to see where he goes to and like how he does how he develops this season. So I think I think I'd keep him there. Um, I'm not sure about keeping Collins as my starting center. Yeah, for again. centers, you got Collins, Zubach, and Jackson Hayes. Yeah, and we just haven't been able to see him play as much this year, right? And yeah. even last year, like, he's just been injured, so I don't think I'd keep him there. I'd probably put Zubach over him, at least for now. What about Jackson Hayes? Would you put Zubach over Hayes? Yeah, I just... I think I just have to see more from him. I just have to watch more of him and, and study his game more. Cause right now I, I, I'm not like, I don't think he's, he's not getting that, that much playing time right now. Yeah. Right. So I'm curious. So as to the guys that you, that you thought of that we not, neither of us have on our list. That yeah. You Sorry. Just before that, I want to ask. So based on who we do have, who's the best player, who's the best scorer, who's the best shooter, best defender and best passer so good question best player on both our lists i would probably say og and anobi from what we've seen yeah okay not within three years maybe michael porter jr yeah best what i say best score best score Mm, none of them (laughs) probably michael porter jr him he he'll get scoring and shooting would it be stretch to say PJ Washington's up there too? Uh, that's the two I was debating between. Um, yeah. I, I just think I think at this point Michael Porter Jr. has done more. Yeah. 
And then what else did I say? Best passer, I think, for my team, Lonzo. For your team, Reddish? Or Murray, maybe. Yeah, I think Murray. Yeah. Yeah, I think Murray. It's not – I mean, it's not like – it's not a good list for passing. I don't have, like, guys that are just – I don't have a Lonzo ball on my team. Yeah, I'm lucky I had him. That made it easy for me. (laughs) And then best defender. So, for defense, let's do this. We'll do perimeter defense, wing defense – or guard defense, wing defense – and uh, interior defense. Okay. So I think on the perimeter guards for me would be DeJounte Murray. Yeah, me too. Um, right. And then on the wing, uh, being able to guard uh, forwards out on the perimeter, I would say OG or Thigh. I'm going to say OG over Thibault right now. For Actually, I'm definitely going to say that. But I like Thibault's potential. I think I'd go for... I'd have Thibault up there over OG in, ter- in terms of wings. Well, in terms of smaller wings, guards and smaller wings, obviously I think Thibault, I would take him over OG right now. He's he's a great defender. Uh, like, he there's is. one thing he can do, and it's it's defend. Yeah, but same with OG. And, I mean, I kind of – I guess I can't count this because of the way I said we'll do it, but OG can guard the five as well. Uh, but that yeah. obviously yeah. doesn't count for guarding forwards on the wing. Um, but so yeah, I, I just think it, as an overall defender, OG is better. And if we had to pick one guy for defense, it would be OG for me. Okay. Okay. Uh, interior defense. I do. I don't even know. Maybe Seems OG. Tough, eh? I, I I haven't seen enough of Thomas Bryant. I'd, I'd probably go OG. I think if if Collins was was healthy and we were able to see him play, I think it might've been a different story. We might've considered him in there because he's one of those guys where, you know, if, when you watch him play, he's just not scared. Like he, he's not scared of anybody when he's down there and like, he'll talk shit to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> and he puts in, like, he's one of those guys that puts in like 110% on defense. So I like right. seeing him, but you know, we'll see what happens with him. All right. So now let's go to the list of guys that we didn't take that we could have. Uh, so the first guy, DeAndre Hunter, would you take him? Oof. I'm not sure. I, I, I wouldn't. I mean, for you, you can probably throw anyone that we come across on this list over Jordan Poole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, maybe, so maybe think. Uh, I mean, that's probably the one guy you, you'd automatically throw away, so. Aside from him, who would you repl- who else would you replace with? But yeah, no, that's a, that's I, I, looking one. at your team, I don't think I would take him either. That's a tough one. DeAndre Hunter. Again, we haven't even we haven't been able to see that much from him. And I'm not sure about kind of his, his role right now. I'm gonna end up listing better guys anyway, so we'll, we'll move okay. past that. Uh the next guy I would take on my team, Colin Sexton. Oh, for sure. I'd I would definitely Kobe take him. White. I'm surprised you didn't have him actually. Yeah, I think last year, I don't know. I think we just talked shit about him. We didn't really like him for some reason. <laughs> we were like biased, but he's a great scorer. Yeah. He's a he's a great scorer. I take him over Poole. I take him over Garland. Um, just looking at my younger guys, if I needed to, I might even no, I think I can't take him over over Shamit because that guy would be my main shooter. So, yeah, I don't really have a Landry Shamit. I mean, my only shooting is gonna come from Lonzo if he's consistent, Porter Jr. OG, a couple other guys, Aaron Holiday, uh, the center on Pacers, Bitsdale. I wouldn't take okay. either of them. Terrence Mann, I wouldn't take. And then this guy I would take over Grant Williams. That's Dylan Brooks, fellow Canadian. Dylan Brooks. Did you see him play last night? Uh, I did not see any highlights yet, uh, but I saw a monster stat line, which is helping my fantasy team. Him and Kyle Anderson. And yeah. with John Morant, unfortunately, getting hurt, I think we're going to see a lot more of those guys carrying, which which, which will be nice to see. Uh, obviously, it's still unfortunate that Morant's hurt. Uh, and then the next guy, which, wait, actually, wait, would you take Dylan Brooks? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's great, man. He, he's a defender, and he can shoot. His shot, his shot kind of looks funky, but he can shoot the three ball, and he can yep. score, create his own shot. He's a, I think he's a pretty great defender. Um, and I feel like you I gotta would, have a Canadian on your team too. Oh yeah, I would I would take him over 
honestly a bunch of guys at this point. I'd probably start him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he'd be, he'd be up there. Uh, next guy, Josh Jackson, who has had a good first couple of games for Detroit. And I'm curious to see if he can keep it up. I mean, I think a lot of it might be empty stats because it's Detroit and they're not going to win a lot of games. But, hey, if he can put up 20 points a game, that'll, that'll be nice for them. He's one of those guys who, like, he's been – he's already been on a couple teams, right? Last I remember, yeah. you know, I know he's been – he was on the Suns. Um, was he on Charlotte? No, he wasn't on Charlotte. Yeah, I don't know. With him, he's moved, he's moved around a couple. Um, I think he was on Dallas. Maybe. I can't remember. That's, that's how bad he was. I didn't know what team he was on. But I just don't know. I don't know what happened to him because um, he was – I don't – Tell me if I'm wrong, but was he not a lottery pick? Yeah, he was like fifth pick, I think. Yeah. So, we'll see what happens with him in Detroit. Yeah. Uh, Chris Silva. I wouldn't take him. Is he – he's on the Heat. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he plays anymore. Or at least uh-huh. I haven't seen him in a while. Uh, Kevin Knox and Alonzo Trier. I also wouldn't take either of those guys. I was yeah, actually really high on Knox when he got drafted, and then I, I remember that quickly fell off that. <laughs> uh, He's also Knicks, just not playing much, right? Right now, no. Uh, I, I haven't watched the Knicks yet this year, but Nobody last year he didn't play that much. Hey, they beat the Sixers, or yeah, they beat the Sixers uh, pretty pretty easily too. But no one beat, so yeah. Uh, the next guy I think you'd take as well. I probably would. Uh, Markel Fultz. Oh, I like him this year so far. I mean, again, small sample size. Everything we're talking about right now, small sample size, but yeah. he's good. His his shot still is still looking. I don't know what's going on with that though. Well, he he he's been able to do other things, which I like. Yeah, yeah. He's a point guard. He's a great point guard. I think I t- oh for sure. I mean, I take him over Pool at this point. I probably take him over Garland. I. Garland has so much potential though, because he's just a younger. Yeah, if you're keeping the guy, but... in three years, maybe keep Garland. But yeah. right now, probably Fultz. Uh, I would take Fultz over Jalen Brunson. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I would take Dylan Brooks, Colin Sexton, and Markel Fultz so far. I think. So then I would be getting rid of Jalen Brunson, Kobe White, and probably Okogi. I'd probably throw Dylan Brooks in the starting lineup over him. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, I'd be getting rid of uh, Poole, obviously. Yeah. A Kogi, and I think Culver as well. Right. I think I'd, I'd rather have um, Brooks, Sexton as well. Honestly, the same three guys, because those three guys really are the standouts yeah. so far. And like, I think they're just guys that we missed when we first did this. I might even throw. If we're doing right now, I'd probably throw Josh Jackson based on the first two games over Thibel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but within three years, I don't know because I mean Thibel and Grant Williams have the same thing where <clears throat> where they they're just on good teams, so they're not getting the chances yet. Yeah. Uh, so I think in three years they can be better. Uh, other guys that we didn't have: Mikhail and Miles Bridges, Terrence Davis, Mo Wagner. Those are the last guys. And I think the only guy you can consider is Bridget. I forget which one's the good one. <laughs> I think they're both they're both pretty good. The one um, on the Suns is better though. Yeah, yeah. I think he's more of a shot creator. He has that mid-range. Um that's why the one on Charlotte. He's I think the one on Charlotte, he's more of like a like a slasher cutter, um, plays more off the ball. Both super athletic. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think I would take them over. Ooh, I, I'd actually. I'd probably throw them. I'd throw. Like, I think Mikhail Bridges is the better one. I would throw him in my injury reserve over Subach. Yeah. Yeah, because my centers, I got uh, Bryant and Collins still, and then PJ Washington and OG can both play that position if they need to. I wouldn't. I wouldn't throw Jackson Hayes in there. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I would do Dylan Brooks for Okogie, 
Um, who else did I say? Colin Sexton for uh, White, and then I said Fultz for Brunson. Oh, I gotta get rid of Grant. I said I'd take go Grant Williams too. Let me see. Apparently, he's a great locker room guy. Grant Williams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know what? I'm keeping him. He's got like a, like just so much energy, and he's like constantly like talking, being vocal on the team. Yeah, yeah. No, I'd I'd keep him. I like his potential still. Yeah. Uh, I think his play style is a good fit for modern NBA. Yeah, and he's on my uh, my Celtics, so gotta give him some of that support. You know what? I'm cutting him just for that. <laughs> unless, he, unless he gets traded, he can stay on my team, or he he's off my team. All right, but yeah. Um, prediction for tonight's game with the Raptors: win or loss, and single within single digits or blowout. I think, I think, I think it'll be close. I think it'll be a loss though, single digits. Listen, I, I obviously I love the Raptors. I'm supporting them all the way, but if I'm trying to be realistic here, I don't think we'll be able to guard Embiid. Um. Specifically, I don't think Baines can guard Embiid. Uh, I think he's 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 just a monster, right? Like we don't have Mark and, and Serge to to kind of bother him like we did before. So yeah, I think he'll I think he'll be the X factor. If Embiid plays well, then I think they'll win. If Embiid plays like shit, I think we have yeah. a chance. Uh, I I gotta agree with everything you say. Uh, so with that, I'm gonna go with a blowout for the Raptors. And that's going to do it for this show. Matt, thanks for joining. Uh, We'll talk again soon. Sounds good, man. Take care.